And so I started to talk about balance in a different way and say, what if balance isn't something you do like a verb? What if balance is something you create? Mm. What if it's more like a feeling? What if it is something that you can become even in your busy life where you become balanced in an out of balance world Mm. where it looks a whole lot more like happiness, contentment, being confident in your choices when I say yes to this thing and no to that thing where I'm proud of how I spend my time and I shake the guilt that's been nagging at me my whole life. That to me is what I think we're really asking. I think that's what we're really craving. And I think that's what we would call balance. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of Still Being Molly. And this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, the companies, and the small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I sit down with somebody like an entrepreneur, a CEO, a nonprofit director, a community leader, or just an incredible person who is using their one and only life to change the world. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, no matter where you are, you can make an impact. My guest this week is Christy Wright. Christy is a number one national best-selling author. She is a personal development expert, and she is the host of The Christy Wright Show. Since 2009, Christy has served at Ramsey Solutions, where she teaches on personal development, business, and faith. Her new book, Take Back Your Time, released September 14th, and it is all about a guilt-free guide to life balance. This episode is for anyone who has ever asked themselves the question, how do you balance it all? How do you approach work-life balance, career, or personal pursuits, whatever it is? Christy has so many incredible solutions that she herself has implemented in her own life. This episode, you're going to walk away with tips, tricks, tools, and resources to be able to take back your time. You are going to love it. But before we get to our conversation, let me thank our partner of the show. And that is Mama Suds. Now, are you ready to ditch bleach forever, but you cannot find a bleach alternative that actually works? Well, you have to meet this extra strength oxygen powder by Mama Suds. You know, if you've been listening for a while, how much I love Mama Suds. I have been a user of their products for years the head mama, Michelle Smith over at Mama Suds. She's been a guest on this show. She's a friend of mine. I absolutely love this company. Everything is clean, effective, and plant-based ingredients. And they work, they work, they work, they work. And her newest product, that extra strength oxygen powder is the bomb. I've been using it for a few months now. And as you know, here on the farm, our clothes get dirty, guys. Guys, our clothes get real dirty, okay? We, everything from working in the garden or the chicken coop or playing outside and just, you know, sweating in the North Carolina heat, our clothes get dirty. And I want to know that my clothes are getting clean and that they smell nice when they come out. And this stuff is incredible. And of course, because Michelle is a genius, it's not only a laundry booster and stain remover, but it works as a great scouring agent on any non-porous surface when you're cleaning. So head on over to mamasuds.com and use the discount code Molly, and that will get you an extra 15% off. All right, without further ado, on to my conversation with Christy Wright. Christy, I am so honored to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you for being here. 
Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. I have followed your work and uh, for quite uh, a long time. Uh, my husband is actually a uh, Dave Ramsey smart vester. So love it. <laughs> like, you know, we've been uh, been kind of in the the Ramsey world for years. And so I've, I followed your work through there. And so it's just an honor to have you here. And um, so I would love for you to give us the Christy 101. Tell us who you are, what you do and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, well, thank you. Thanks for asking. And thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, I am an author and speaker. Those are my official titles. I'm a Ramsey personality, which basically means I'm an author and speaker here at our company, Ramsey Solutions, which is Dave Ramsey's company. And uh, and I really have, for the last 10 years, spent the majority of my time helping women start businesses, side businesses, small businesses, home-based business, doesn't matter. Yeah, I love helping people get started. And, um, and in the last couple of years, really been expanding beyond business because I noticed a pattern of people showing up to my events and reading my book, Business Boutique and listening to the podcast and all that, that didn't have businesses and didn't want them. They just found <laughs> encouragement in yeah. what I teach and what I do. And I thought, well, gosh, I have a, a lot of content and teaching that I've been putting through the business filter. What if we just took the business filter off and just started to move more in the personal development faith space and kind of merge these worlds? And so, so that's what I've, I've spent the last couple of years doing. And we turned the Business Boutique podcast into the Christy Wright Show. In the fall, I launched my first non-business product, which is my devotional Living True 40 Days to Get Back to You and the Christy Wright Goal Planner. And so we started to gradually move in this space. And it's just been really cool to see how it's connecting because you can tell people need help in more ways than just business. And I definitely have a heart to help them there. So that's my official, official what I do during the day. But I'm also a mom to three kids. Carter Conley and Mary Grace, they're six, four, and one, and I'm busy and have a, have a, a lot going on, but it's all good things. And so I think this book, my new book, Take Back Your Time, The Guilt-Free Guide to Life Balance was the book I needed. I, think yeah. I wrote the book I needed, Molly. So it's kind of the, you see the evolution, not only in my, my work, but also in my <laughs> home life and real life and how those you know, often intermingle. Yeah. Well, I have a almost eight year old. Well, actually, by the time this airs, she'll be eight, oh, um, oh. an eight year old and a five year old. And so I very much am in that same world. And I, I think that's why I was telling you, I'm like, I'm in the depths of your book right now, because I also just feel that. And I think that that's, it's a, the whole myth, which I believe is just like this, like, let's find this myth of this perfect work life balance, just it doesn't exist. Um, yeah. But you know, we still have to find what is it that we can do. And so um, I want to get to that. But before we do that, um, you know, I, I love how you, you know, you really entered it into or you you entered into the entrepreneurial business minded space. And um, I loved when you sort of removed that business filter and got really more to the personal. But I'm curious, like, what led you to that? What you know, were you growing up? Were you always the one with like the lemonade stand? Were you you know, were you always sort of in the entrepreneurial space? How did you find yourself even there to begin with? Yeah, so it's so interesting, because when I I've been a speaker for our company. And whenever I was moving into a full-time role as a Ramsey personality, where I was going to be speaking and teaching and writing full-time, we started to look at, from a strategic standpoint, all of our leadership and our board looking at, okay, well, what, what is my message and what is my market? Like, mm -hmm. what do I want to be known for essentially? Because mm -hmm. I had been speaking on lots of things, but what was my kind of the heartbeat of what I wanted to brand myself in the space to do? And so we started really reflecting backwards on my life and saying, okay, well, what's my childhood story? Okay, well, I was raised by a single mom that was an entrepreneur that started a business when I was six months old to raise and support me. Hmm. And then 
I went in high school, I worked in her cake shop. And then in college, I got a degree in business. And then I started my own side business on a farm to help me make money to pay my rent. And then I became a certified business coach. You just start to see a theme, Molly, of like business, business, business. Yeah. You start to go, I don't know, maybe I should do something with business. <laughs> but we also saw a real need in the marketplace because I think, you know, the, the business principle here is it can't just be what you want to do. There needs to be a need for right. what that intersects, what you want to do and what you're good at. And right around this time, this was back in 2014, 15, there was a huge rise of home-based businesses, Etsy stores, uh, social media-based businesses, online business, and so on. And so what you were seeing at that time, and it's still true today, but much more then, was you had a influx of people starting businesses, freelancers, whatever, that did not have any business background and didn't know anything about business, but they knew their thing, whether their thing was fitness, their thing was, you know, uh, gardening, landscaping, their thing is hair salon, They knew their craft and their skill and their trade, but they didn't know how to run a business doing that. They Mm. certainly didn't know how to run an online, you know, presence doing that. And I thought, well, I can come alongside all these millions and millions of people. I think it was like 44 million people around that time that they were projecting were starting, you know, home-based businesses or side businesses. I can come alongside them and teach them what I know, which is business. I'm great at business. I'm great at marketing and the operations and the strategy side of it. And then they can do what they love and I can do what I love, helping them do what they love. And so that's really what birthed Business Boutique, equipping women to make money doing what they love, which turned into a book, an event, a podcast. I have a coaching group called The Academy and I still do all that. Uh, We have the Business Boutique Conference coming up this October 14th through the 16th. I'm still doing all of those things. But over time, I started to realize we had people showing up Mm. that didn't have businesses and didn't want them. And so the combination of seeing that pattern of these people that were kind of like, Hey, can I pull up a seat at this table, this business table? And I'm like, what if we stopped asking them to sneak in despite all of our business marketing? And we just said, Hey, there's a spot for you here. Right. And so, um, it was partly in response to them, partly at the same time, God, I feel like was calling me into that space. I'm a believer. I'm a person of faith. And I started having a desire to teach on more than just business, to take the business filter off. Yeah. And so you started to see these, both of these things happening simultaneously, similar to how I got into it where I had a business background and a theme of business in my life. And there was a very huge trend of people needing help in business. That happened in 2014. Kind of the latest iteration in 2020 for me was God had been stirring in me a desire to do more than just business. And you're seeing people show up saying, hey, I don't have a business and don't want one. You just really helped me. And so again, you connect these dots. What's going on in me? And how does that intersect with what's going on in the marketplace? And, And that's a for anybody that's listening that has a business, that's a great business principle in general, by the way. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love the way that you talk about how you followed sort of the, I don't want to say, I don't want to say trends, but maybe that is the word to use. And because I've also kind of been in the entrepreneurial space for a long time. And it's funny that you say that 2014, 2015, I totally agree. So I started blogging back in like when I was in college. So in the mid 2000s. And, you know, (laughs) um, you know, and I moved my blog over to WordPress in 2007. But at the time, I remember my roommate, my roommate in college was like, what's a web blog, you know, and it's just what are you doing? What are you doing? And so and that's, you know, this is a right around the time that Facebook is becoming a thing. And small businesses are starting to be like, maybe we can use this social media for that. And then I remember, you know, having done this for a while. And then in 2014, 2015, all of a sudden, it was like, everybody is like, I'm gonna go on Instagram, and I'm gonna start these businesses. And it was just like, 
whoa, this is a huge influx of people. And then here we are, you know, five, six, seven years later. And I mean, global pandemics aside, like that didn't super help all of us being burnt out. But we realized all of a sudden, oh, there's like a whole lot more to this than just like this grind of entrepreneurship or this grind of being online and on all the time. And there's this like real life (laughs) that's over here that needs, that's maybe we've neglected a little bit. And um, I think that that was kind of a, what's the term? Like it was like a, there was like a powder keg that was just building for all this time. And then it was just like a pandemic kind of like lit a match. (laughs) But, um, but here, here we are. And I love that you talked about like you wrote this book in a lot of ways for you. And so uh, that kind of all of that leads me to how you got to the point where you were like, I think one, take back your time and finding this, like, let's talk about the work-life balance thing that everybody has the question. Also, by the way, love the fact that like women are always the one that are like, how do you do it all? That's we're always, nobody goes up to my husband and is like, you live on a farm and have two kids and run your own business and a wife. And how do you do it all? Nobody asks my husband that. Um, Can we just like, why? Um, But you know, women, we're just, we put this pressure on ourselves to do it all, to be it all, all of that. And so talk to us, what led you to write this book? And what do you think it is that is hitting the nail on the head right now? Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you say that because, because I am entrepreneurial to the core, I'm a problem solver. Mm. So like, I love coming up with solutions to problems. And I will tell you in 11 years of being a professional public speaker, the number one question I'm asked everywhere that I go from men or women, business conferences or otherwise inside speaking events that we host outside speaking events that I go to from other companies. The number one question is the question of life balance. Yeah. And it's always asked in a similar way. How do you balance it all? How do you balance everything going on? Balance is always used as a verb. So how do you do it all? How do you balance it all? And we, we've got all the analogies. How do you walk this tightrope? How do you spin all the plates? How do you juggle all the balls? Which balls yep. are rubber? Which ones are glass? All of them, all the analogies. And the interesting thing, Molly, is all of that feels very, very stressful. Right. The tightrope walking, the plate spinning, like that feels like full of anxiety. And the other thing that I think is true is I can do all that. Yeah. I can walk a tightrope and juggle the balls and spin the plates and still feel as if my life isn't balanced. Mm. And so it led me down this path to ask different questions, to come up with different solutions. Because the other thing that I will tell you is this topic of life balance, that word, that that phrase is very visceral for people. Mm. It's very triggering. Yeah. You don't really get neutral responses. <laughs> yeah. You get like eye rolls and like, ugh. Or it's not possible. It's stupid. That's BS. You get very intense responses. Yeah. But what's fascinating is even though you get those responses, people still ask the question. <laughs> so even if you hate the word, there's something in you that is yearning for something that you're calling life balance. What I dig into in the book is I believe that what we really need in this space of life balance is different than what we think we need. We think we need to balance it all using balance as a verb. We need to spin the plates. We need to manage the calendar, be more efficient, be more productive, be more in control. Again, you can do all of that and still feel as if you're out of balance. Mm. And so I started to talk about balance in a different way and say, what if balance isn't something you do like a verb, 
What if balance is something you create? Mm. What if it's more like a feeling? What if it is something that you can become even in your busy life where you become balanced in an out of balance world Mm. where it looks a whole lot more like happiness, contentment, being confident in your choices when I say yes to this thing and no to that thing where I'm proud of how I spend my time and I shake the guilt that's been nagging at me my whole life. That to me is what I think we're really asking. I think that's what we're really craving. And I think that's what we would call balance. And so in my new book, Take Back Your Time, The Guilt-Free Guide to Life Balance, I want to get to the root of what's going on in our lives that makes us feel guilty and discouraged and discontent. Mm -hmm. And I want to help you fix the problem there Mm -hmm. and then watch how that ripple effect will actually pour into your calendar and you will feel balanced. You might still be busy. You might still be in an out of balance world, but you feel that balance you've been looking for all along. Mm, man, that's so good. There's like a there's like a sermon in there somewhere. I'm like <laughs> preaching. Um, you know, yeah, because there's so many things as you were saying that it just it, I was feeling that just the conversation I've even had with my husband and 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 friends recently, and it's just you know as a, also a believer um, and a person of of strong faith and you know it's hard for people who don't have that kind of lens that they see the the world through. And I obviously, you know, this book can apply to anybody, but I think especially for people who maybe don't see the world through the lens of, uh, you know, a, being a follower of Jesus and just knowing that like, when we live in a broken world, we live in a sin scarred world and that is broken and out of balance. It is going to always be that way <laughs> until the Lord returns. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> like that is what is going to happen. But we are called, as he says, to be in the world, but not of it. And we are to look different from the world. And we are to have a peace that surpasses all understanding and a peace in the midst of suffering and a joy in the midst of suffering. And so, you know, while that people are like, what does that have to do with business? I think that has to do with every aspect of our life is we are to look and feel different than the rest of the world. And that doesn't mean that we are not experiencing suffering. It doesn't mean that we are not stressed out. It doesn't mean that we don't have all these, you know, like I love that you used all the analogies, which balls are glass, which ones are rubber and like all these things. It doesn't mean that it means that our source of stability and our peace and our joy and our sense of balance. And I love that you're like, let's change it from a verb to a feeling that feeling of balance, that feeling of peace and joy um, amidst all of that, it means that we have that despite all the other insanity that's going on around us. And so anyway, I just, you were preaching to me there for a second. So I just had to <laughs> well, tell well, you. I think it's both too, because I think that I like to take the term and flip it on its head and give a different definition in this book, which I do, and that the whole book follows that. But I also don't want people to hear, oh, it's just this warm and fuzzy, woo-woo, frou-frou term, just feel balanced, just be Mm -hmm. more. It's not that either, because I think that there are practical implications of this definition of this feeling you can create. And so, you know, one of the things that I have observed about balance and felt myself is we never define it. Mm -hmm. Like if you ask people, what is life balance? We've Mm -hmm. got all the analogies, but we can't really nail it down. And if you can't define something, you can never achieve it. And so what I've seen is that we can't define it. We don't know what it is. We're just sure we don't have it. Mm. 
So it becomes this monster that haunts us, a shadow that constantly haunts us, that we're out of balance. And so I wanted to take this idea and in my book, I define it early on. I say, here's what life balance is. It is not doing everything for an equal amount of time. Like I think we often feel the pressure to and hold ourselves accountable to and feel guilty when we don't. It is not that. It is doing the right things at the right time. Mm -hmm. And when you do the right things at the right time, you will feel the balance you've been looking for. Well, the next logical question following that definition is how do I do that? And so I broke it down into five practical steps in my book where I call it the path to balance. And I say, step one is this, step two is this and so on. And we can talk about it, but I didn't want it to just be a feeling because that still can feel so elusive that we can't grasp it. And so it still could almost haunt us. And so I still wanted to take this topic and break it down into practical, tactical, actionable steps that you act out, habits you create in your daily life that allow you to create and maintain that balance that we're talking about. So you still have to get, you know, boots on the ground, get, you know, get really, really tactical with something if you're going to not only create it, but live it out and maintain it when that out of balance world pushes against you because yeah. it will. And so I, I love to make it practical too, because I think that's where we put it into action. Yeah, absolutely. And I, that's one of the things that I've appreciated about it so much is that it's not this elusive, like, you know, like, like, woo, woo. We're just yeah. not like you know, sitting around <laughs> being like, I'm going to be in balance. Like, no, it's, right. it's, there's practical steps and things that you can actually implement. But I, you know, I love what you, you, and I think you kind of alluded to this a little bit is just getting to the root of that, of like, how do we get to that place? And how do we get to that feeling? And I love that you're right. So many people, like you ask, like, how do you do it all? And then I almost want to turn that question on, on them sometimes and be like, what do you think is the perfect balance? Right. Tell me, right. tell me, I want to hear it. So let's talk about that root first before we get to the other part. So what is it that you think leads us to this feeling of being out of balance and feeling totally crazy amongst what seems like everybody else has it all together. Yeah, it's interesting. There's a lot of things that play and I, I, I dive into some examples in the book, but if I was going to give you kind of four root causes, like this is my, if life balance is doing the right things at the right time, which I really believe it is. And I live this out in my life and I'm not perfect, but when I do the right things at the right time, I genuinely am proud of how I spend my time. I shake the guilt and I enjoy my life. That feels like a pretty good promise for this definition of life balance. Well, if that's true, and I believe it is, then what gets in the way of that? What keeps us from doing the right things at the right time? There's four main causes. Number one, doing too many things. This is common to many of your listeners, I'm sure, that have a lot of interests. Our time is finite. We get 24 hours in a day. And instead of cutting things out when our season changes or our priorities change or a new cool thing shows up, we just cram it in. We crowbar it in, we rush, we try to multitask, we just put more and more and more. Well, as long as you try to do more than your schedule can realistically hold, you will always feel out of balance and by the way, exhausted. Mm-hmm. Number two is actually the opposite problem, not doing enough things. So this would be an example of um, in the COVID pandemic. At first, we were very thankful for all this free time. After about three weeks, we were bored. Yep. Maybe someone, maybe someone listening right now, that is an empty nester. And their world has revolved around their kids. Now their kids are off to college and they're like, I have all this time. I'm actually not sure what to do with it. If you don't have outlets to pour your gifts into, relationships to pour into and connect with and responsibilities to show up for, you're going to be bored and out of balance. So the first way is doing too many things. The second is not doing enough things. The third reason is doing the wrong things. 
This is when you spend time on things that are not important to you. You don't care about them. You show up out of guilt or obligation or because you think you have to or whatever. Well, as long as you spend time in your one life on things you don't care about, you're going to feel out of balance Yep. because there's a disconnect between what you care about and what your life really reflects. So if someone is working in a full-time job that they are working in because they just got to pay the bills and get by, but they hate it Yeah. and they've hated it for a decade, you're going to feel out of balance because you're spending a large percentage of your time on something you hate. You're always going to feel out of balance if you do the wrong things, things that are not important to you and you get to decide what those are. And the fourth cause of feeling out of balance is not doing the right things. And that's slightly different than doing Mm. the wrong things. This is where you have things you care deeply about yeah, and you never spend time on them. Whether that's a date night with your spouse, quality time with your kids, working out, time alone, reading, volunteering, whatever, whatever is important to you. If it does not make it into your life, into your calendar, into your days, you're going to feel out of balance because again, there's this disconnect between what you care deeply about and what you actually spend your time on. And so the four causes are doing too many things, not doing enough things, doing the wrong things, not doing the right things. Any of those, and maybe a combination for some people, can get in the way of us doing the right things at the right time, which leads to us feeling out of balance. But when we understand that, then we know what we need to do to fix it in order to do the right things at the right time and feel that balance that we've been looking for. Yeah. You know, that's such a great, uh, just really practical way for us to kind of evaluate like maybe what area and I like you said that sometimes maybe it's all of the areas or maybe right. sometimes it's just one of the areas and you know especially that last one like not doing the right things I think sometimes people confuse that with oh I'm not practicing self-care which I have like lots of thoughts about that um, which I won't <laughs> like go on that soapbox right now but I do think like Sometimes as adults, and a friend of mine was talking about this the other day. So she's she's my age. She's in her you know mid to late thirties, and she was saying how she started taking a hip hop dance class. And uh, you know she here she is. She's this mom of three kids, and she's taking this hip hop dance class because she used to be a dancer, and she gave it up years ago, and she's really missed that. And yeah. how she found a local like adults hip hop dance class. And so here she is, this mom of three that's taking this hip hop. I love she's this like, so much. She's I could like, not love this. This one. is the best thing I've ever done for myself. That's right. And that's right. she's like, it's an hour a week. And I am like getting back to doing what I loved as a kid. Yes. And it yes. made me think about like, what? Do, that's a great. I need to start doing that. You know what I mean? And and yes. but it led us into this conversation of like, uh, I was talking with my husband. And so we moved to a farm in the spring. So we live on a farm now. I have literally, there's like chickens outside of my window right now that are just love just eating all the things. And so I'm like, but I also <laughs> have like a panic. I'm like, what what will happen if like a hawk just like comes down and steals one of my chickens, right? While I'm recording. Hey, I don't circle know. of life. Welcome to farm oh, life. <laughs> gosh. Oh, we've, we've already had enough of that. But, um, you know, we were joking, you know, people have been asking us like, what animals are you going to get? And um, if it's up to me, one day we will have horses. My husband right now is not on board. Um, but I okay. rode horses as a kid. And I'm like, you know yes. what? There's all these horse farms around me. I should take horse lessons again as a, in my late 30s. And he's like, yes. you should. And we're you so should. quick to like sign our kids up for things that they're interested in. And we don't do that ourselves as adults. Yes. I realize this is like one little pillar of all you were talking about, but it just really made me think think about that is there's a difference between this myth of this, what society calls self-care and also finding what are the things that God placed in your heart, desires, passions, uh, 
you know, just dreams that we so often, especially women, we do this is we we let those things go because we think we need to let them go in order to be a functional wife and mother or a functional business owner or something. And we let go this part of us that God created for fun. (laughs) Guess what? God wants us to have fun, (laughs) y'all. Yes. I love that. And I love those examples because I so relate to that. I went to my sister-in-law's wedding last year and I danced at the reception with my, with my two boys that are little and the whole drive home. It was like an hour drive home. I probably said 15 times. I just forgot how much I love to dance. Yes. I just love to dance. I just forgot how much I love to dance. I said it over and over again. And I, I used this example actually last year at business boutique with me during one of my talks, because it doesn't happen overnight, Molly. Mm-hmm. You don't lose yourself overnight. It is a little out of time. Life gets busy. You've got kids that need snacks a hundred hours a day. All the like hours. you just a little at a time, you yeah. lose yourself. And actually it's, it's funny you bring this up because while this is a sidebar, this was the why behind my devotional. It's literally mm. called 40 days to get back to you mm. because we lose ourselves. We all do that. We lose sight of who we are and the power of a hip hop dance class, yep. the power of riding a horse when you haven't ridden since you were 10 years old. It is not about the activity. It's about reconnecting with who you are, who you were, and who you still are. That woman is still in you. And if we're not careful, we get so busy keeping up with the day-to-day responsibilities that we lose who we are. So it's so funny you say that because that was the heart behind that. But that plays into the practical side of time management like we're talking about today. Because I think we do feel guilty for spending time on ourselves, but it's not about spending time on yourself. And it's not even about self-care, right? It's about saying what is important to me. Mm-hmm. What is, this is my one life. You get one, what is important to me? And it doesn't have to be this blanket statement of what is important to me in the whole grand scheme of my life. You can say what's important to me right now, because the season that you're in really affects how you feel and what, what is important to you. So what's important to me this fall, if I'm totally honest, Molly, it is sharing this book with the world. Mm. It doesn't mean I don't love my children, right? but in this season of these two to three to four months, work is the number one thing right now. Love my kids. I'm still playing with my kids, put my kids to bed. I'm a good mom. Like, Don't think I don't love no. my kids. But last summer, what was important to me? I didn't work Fridays. I went to the lake every weekend. We went tubing. I just went tubing yesterday with my son, Carter, and he did the <laughs> lay down tube. And so did Conley and so did Mary Grace. And little Mary Grace with their chubby little toddler arms is hanging on to those. Like I had the greatest time because what was important to me this summer was being present, having fun, being outdoors. What's important to you can and change based on the season that you're in. Thank you. Your family, the season of work, the season of life, the season of your health, the season of what's going on in your relationships. It can and it should. But where we really get ourselves into trouble is we don't pay attention to what is important to us. And then we don't spend time on it. And then we feel out of balance because we're not doing the right things. And, and some of those things are important to you could be a hip hop dance class. It could be riding a horse. It could be whatever that looks like for you. It could be traveling the country in an RV with your family. I don't know, homeschooling your kids. You get to decide what's important to yeah. you and obviously have a conversation with your spouse and, and kids to speak into it. And I talk about that in the book of how this brings you together as a family. But man, when we just keep showing up to a job that we hate, signing our kids up for activities we don't they don't care about we don't care about volunteering to bring the chili potluck is something we don't care about we just keep <laughs> going through the motions of what we think is right we not only lose our time we lose ourselves in the process and that 
is where we feel the most out of balance. I want to help people get their time back and get back to who they are in the process. Hey, I'm going to take a quick break from my chat with Christy to thank our other partner of the show, and that is Demain. I have been talking about Demain for months now. This is an incredible fair trade and ethical brand that is based out of Haiti. And if you've been following the news at all, you know that Haiti is in need right now after the tragic earthquake that took place this summer. And one of the most tangible ways that you can be partnering with the incredible Haitian people is to buy stuff that they make. And Demain makes the most beautiful handcrafted leather goods with their two hands. That's what Demain means. These artisans are incredibly talented from sandals to bags to leather accessories. Absolutely incredible. So you can go check out their products online at Demain.com. That's D-E-U-X-M-A-I-N-S.com. Use the code Molly for 15% off. Support this incredible brand. Buy yourself something beautiful in the meantime, and you are changing the world just by the way you spend your money. Now back to my chat with Christy Wright. Now, you know, I know that obviously in the book, you really go into detail into all these different things of like, okay, so we know here are the root causes of what gets us out of balance, what, you know, how we lose ourselves, how we overschedule ourselves, how we don't, you know, do enough. I mean, I love that you brought up that, uh, the point about, you know, empty nesters. And sometimes and they're just like, I have all this time. I mean, both of my kids for the first time, like as of basically when this is airing, you know, for the first time in, uh, ever, both of my children will be in school all day. And I'm like, you're home alone. I'm like, I mean, I work for myself and I've been just like working at random hours for the entirety of their lives. And so (laughs) I'm like, what am I going to do with myself? I mean, I realize I I have ideas and I have plans because I'm going to do all the things that I was not able to do previously. But, you know, my husband Sometimes has... you get paralyzed by your choices, though. If oh, I have a totally. day my kids, I'm like, do I nap? Do I clean? Do I run? I don't know. I don't know. I've decision hours. What do I do with this magical two hours? Decision paralysis. Yeah, it I totally mean, my husband, like he... So my husband's a financial advisor and he has clients who all the time he will meet with a client and they are terrified to retire and he'll be like he'll get to the root of it and like it's not that they they're like they have money to retire like they can retire and he's like you would be shocked at how many people are like but I don't know what I'm going to do with my time like I don't I love I've worked my whole life like all of a sudden I'm going to be retired I'm not gonna know what to do like and like he has to kind of sit there he's like sometimes I then just turn into a counselor and I'm like you will be fine like (laughs) you will have you know we will work through what some maybe what are some interests maybe you're going to travel whatever but yeah it's a this is a real thing so we've we've got these kind of roots Obviously, you go into all the things in in the book, but is there one thing in particular that really spoke to you while you were writing this? Because I know that this book was for you in a lot of ways. So what was maybe something that you'd been struggling with that you were like, I'm going to follow my own advice here? (laughs) Yes, totally. Well, I love this question. Yeah, this this book is what I have learned about this topic and what I try to live out in, in real time. And again, not perfectly. And I share so many examples of that in the book. Let me give you an overview of the path. And then there's one I want to dig into, like you said. So, yeah. but, the, but for it to make sense, let me give context. So life balance is not doing everything for an equal amount of time. It's about doing the right things at the right time. And you get to decide what the right things are. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? Well, I've got five steps I walk through in the book, one per chapter, and it's called the path to balance. Step one, figure out what matters. Mm. If you're going to do the right things at the right time, 
You need to know what the right things are. You get to decide what's right for you. A mom that is in a season of a newborn and just simply taking one shower per week and trying to survive, figuring out how to adapt to motherhood, that's what's right right now for her. An Olympian, we just watched the Olympics this summer, that is training 60 hours a week. That's what's right for them. You get to decide what's right for you. So, but but you need to figure out what that is if you're going to spend time on it. So step one is super practical. Figure out what matters to you. Now walk you through some exercises to really, like you said, dig to the root of like, okay, this can be a hard question to answer. What do you want for your life? What matters to you right now? Step two, stop doing what doesn't matter. Mm, I'm saying it so emphatically. I hope everyone hears how intense my facial expression is right now. There's all these things you don't care about that you lose time to. And I give some examples in the book, but you decide what those things are. What does not matter to you that you waste a whole lot of time on? When you cut those things out, you free up so much time for the things that do matter to you. And it's amazing when you start at step one and figure out what matters, it does bring in incredible clarity to all these things that didn't make it on your list. And you go, wow, look at my calendar. Look at all the things I spend time on that didn't make it on my list that I don't actually care about. It gives you a new perspective. So step one, figure out what matters. Step two, stop doing what doesn't matter. Step three, super practical. Create a calendar that reflects what matters. Here's what we do, Molly. Here's what we say. And I have said it a million times. I live by my calendar. Live by it. If it's not on the calendar, I just, I I live by my calendar. (laughs) Oh, it's, I, then, I don't have my calendar right now. I can't, I can't decide because I don't have my calendar. Yeah. And then what's fascinating though, the only things on our calendar are doctor's appointments, meetings, soccer practice, all the things we laid out in step one, all the things that we say we care deeply about, whether that is time alone, working out, hip hop class, horseback riding, date night with spouse, whatever is not on the calendar. Mm. We want to go to bed early, but it's not on the calendar. I know that sounds so simple. But you can't choose a system to live your life by, not put the things you say are important on it, and then wonder why they don't happen. They don't happen because you've not put the things that matter to you on the system you've chosen to live your life by. The calendar is an incredible tool. You just need to actually put the things on it that you say you want to do. So for example, I will set an alarm for myself at 9.30 to go upstairs and go to bed. Because if not, it's 11 o'clock and I'm scrolling Instagram, Molly, and I'm exhausted the next day and I'm grouchy and I wonder why I'm grouchy. I could have solved this problem for myself by setting a bedtime on paper on purpose to hold me accountable. Mm. Research shows when you write something down, whether it's a goal or commitment or appointment, you are 45% more likely to actually do it because you see it and you remember it. So Step three is create a calendar that reflects what matters. Where are those things in step one going on your calendar to make sure they actually happen? Step four, protect what matters. Even after you create a calendar, you're going to have to be willing and ready to protect it by setting boundaries and saying no. So life and everyone else doesn't push you around. Even if they don't mean to, you've got to be willing and ready to protect those things that you, um, that you created. And then step five, and this is the one I want to spend just a a second longer on. Step five is be present for what matters. Because even if you create the most perfect schedule in the world, if you're not present for it, you miss it. And Molly, I will tell you in six years of being mom, I realized that the majority of the guilt in my life that I experienced and still experience came from one consistent place, focusing on where I was not. So when I was at work, I was worried about my kids. Are they okay? Do they need me? Did I forget their lunch? Are they sad? Are they sick? Am I a bad mom? Then I'd go home and I'm thinking about work. 
I didn't finish that project. I didn't finish that deadline. I have a meeting tomorrow. And let me respond to this one email. I'm checking my phone, got my laptop. I was always focused on where I was not. When I was at work, I was thinking about my kids. When I was at home, I was thinking about work. Let's go ahead and acknowledge mm. that you live your entire life this way, focused on where you are not. Then of course you feel guilty because you're always focused on where you're not, yep. on what you're not doing, on what you're missing out on. And by the way, you completely miss the moment that you're in. And yeah. so I talk about the importance of being present in the moment, but practical steps of how to control wandering thoughts, resist the urge to scroll your phone and be present in the very moment that you're in, which sounds like a nice idea, but man, we don't realize how much we are just sleepwalking through life, yes. going through the motions, distracted, thinking about a million things. If you can simply bring your mind back to your body, to where you begin to feel the texture of the seat beneath you, the breath in your lungs, the air, the lights, the sounds, bring yourself to presence in the moment. I know this sounds crazy, but Molly, you feel more alive. You not only get to experience the moment that you're actually living in while you're living in it, you enjoy it more. And research shows this. And so for me, if I could pick one, if I could pick one thing and say, if, you're, if your listeners only do one thing, the chapter on being present in the moment will completely change not only how you shake the guilt, but how you get to experience and enjoy your life. Man, I yeah, that is definitely one of the things that I relate to the most is just that, yeah, that feeling of, okay, I'm at work and or I'm, I'm working and what are my kids doing? Am I, am I neglecting them? Or yet, you know, you're just constantly like feeling like you're over here. And then once the kids are home, I'm sitting here, I'm like, oh, and here's all the things I didn't do today. And it just gets so you get so bogged down with like this feeling of overwhelm. And um, yeah, that's, and you feel like you're failing. Yeah, that's the number one mom say to me. I feel like I'm failing. I feel like I'm failing. You're not failing. You're actually doing amazing. You're just always focusing on the place that you're not. Mm-hmm. We do it with our to do list. You put 45 things in your to do list. You do 43. And you're beating yourself up because you didn't do those two. I want to help women see where you're succeeding, see where you're winning, being present in the moment. And you will be so much more proud of how you spend your time and even how you tackle your to-do list when you stop focusing on the things you're not doing because it's telling you a narrative that you're failing and it's a lie. You're not Mm -hmm. failing. Yeah. And, you know, almost speaking to like what those women were saying to you where they, they say they feel like they're failing. Like I've personally struggled with feelings of, and I was, I've said this to my husband before. I was like, sometimes I get to that place where I feel like I'm doing a lot of things mediocre. I'm just Mm -hmm. mediocre at a lot of things and I'm not doing a lot of things or I'm not doing a few things really well. (laughs) So I've had, I've gotten to those places where I'm just like, okay, what, what can I cut or what, what is not as important so that I can focus on, all right, what do I want to do really well and what really matters? And, um, you know, I, I was faced with a really big decision this summer, um, where I had an opportunity for a job that I I didn't apply for. And there was a job that came kind of my way and it was going to be a full-time job. And it, 10 years ago, I would have fainted. And my husband and I had to have the conversation where I was like, am I turning down like a dream, a dream job? Like, is this, but I said, but here's the thing is if I say yes to this, which is a great opportunity, then I'm saying no to some really valuable time with my, my kids and my husband, we're going to have to completely like change structure in our life. And I don't think I'm at that place. I don't think I'm at that place where I'm willing to sacrifice those things that matter to me most because when I'm 50, when I'm 60, when I'm 80, 
I want to have, I like my goal in life, other than raising my children to know and love and serve the Lord. My goal in life is I want to be at my grandchildren's wedding or great grandchildren's wedding. And I want my husband and I to be the last ones on the dance floor for the <laughs> longest marriage. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, yeah. it seems silly, but I'm like, I, I want to be the 90 year old couple who's making out, grossing everyone out because, <laughs> because he's grabbing my butt and I'm 90 with a cane. Um, I want to pour into that marriage. Yeah. I want my, I want to have a relationship with my kids that's strong and I want to yeah. leave a legacy in the work that I do. But I like, I have to think about those things in the long term. And so I've had to make decisions in my own life of like, okay, well, does this thing that's in front of me advance me to that goal? Yeah. And it, well, it was so wise of you to look at it that way because it's so tempting in our culture reinforces this big time, but it's even in our nature to chase the next big shiny thing, mm -hmm. whether it's next in terms of promotion and title, recognition, salary, benefit, whatever. It's so tempting to chase the next big shiny thing. But I love that you asked a different question because instead of just saying, oh, this is, and, and this is a perfect analogy, Molly, for every single thing that comes our way. Someone says, oh my gosh, we're having a party on Friday night. You know, do you want to come? Our response is yes, without thinking, okay, what does this mean I'm saying no to? Mm -hmm. or oh, we've got this new, you know, we've got a soccer team. Who wants to sign up for soccer? Yes. I, our, our default answer is often yes, because it's a good opportunity. We don't ask ourselves, is this the right opportunity for me? Because good opportunities that are not the right opportunity for you become stressful, full of resentment, and they become the wrong opportunity. Right. And so what is right for someone else, and even what is good, doesn't mean that it's right for you. And I love that you asked yourself that question, and you actually ended up saying no to the new shiny thing in order to say what's right. And you are going to feel more peace and more balance because you did what's right for yeah. you right now. And, and maybe in three years, another opportunity comes your way. And that is for you, right for you that, right. Oh, but what's right right now is what you did. And that's just what I want listeners to do on big things like a job and small things like Friday night yeah. and soccer team. What's right right now? Yeah. Um, I was reading a post the other day um, from a author by the name of Jefferson Bethke. I don't know if you know him, but he is he's awesome. And he and his wife, Alyssa, talk a lot about marriage and things like that. But he was talking about how our culture it, like focuses on the individual and we're all about individualization. And there's nothing in our culture that like wants to keep the family together. And he meant it in like a, you don't see like family league softball teams. And like, you don't right. like, you know, like at church, you drop your, your kids each go to their individual age classes and there's women's ministry and there's men's ministry. And there's not like, you know, and it's not to say that those things are inherently bad, but like so often they as a family have made the decision to to say no to a lot of the things that our culture kind of, you know, like hang hangs a like shiny thing in front of their our face of like, oh, we need to do right. this because that seems like the thing that that makes the most sense when actually it's pulling us away from each other and when instead of towards each other. And I just thought it was so beautifully worded the way he talked about that. And it just speaks exactly to what you were talking about. And this, especially when we're talking about balance, we have to stop doing the things that don't matter in our personal lives and in our work lives. And sometimes those things like mesh, sometimes they, they do. They do. And you bring up an interesting point. And I love that you brought this up. I've actually not talked about this yet, but, but I talked about in the book a little bit. I think that there are two somewhat dangerous messages out there 
so one of the one of the this is a sidebar, but one of my visions for what I do is to bridge the gap between the faith world and the personal development world. Yep. I think sometimes they can look down on each other and I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think we need to work like it all depends on us, pray like it all depends on God. We're gonna need both. But in these worlds, when it comes to the family, let's just say time management within the family unit, like kind of like you're talking about how the family plays into this and what brings us together versus pulls us apart. There's a message in the faith world, I think, that can be a dangerous message of submission. Mm-hmm. Submit, 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 give up on your dreams, just do what you need to do, just be a good mom. And there's all oh, there's so much of this guilt, especially in the the you know, church south, the church subculture of like, you just need to be a good mom first. And you need to be like like completely neglecting the horseback rider and hip hop dancer in you. Okay. Which which I think is a is a dangerous and untrue message because yeah. God gave you those desires. On the opposite end of the spectrum, there's this message in the personal development world sometimes of like, girl, you just, you do you, Mm. you do you. And don't you let your man get in the way. I'm just going to pull myself up by my bootstraps. He can watch the kids. I'm going to chase my dreams at all the expense of everybody. Mm -hmm. These are are dangerous and untrue messages. And so in the one thing I want to call out is in the, in, in my book, what I walk through, when I say, figure out what matters to you, the challenge for that chapter is talk to your spouse about what matters to them. Mm-hmm. In the second chapter, in the chapter three, uh, create a calendar that reflects, sit down with your spouse. What, what matters to them? Wh- how do you both speak into where you can honor things you care deeply about that may be personal to you that your husband doesn't really get the whole horseback riding thing, but we're going to figure out how we can get it on the calendar. And then he has things that yeah. you don't get that get on the calendar. And then as a couple, you come together about how your shared time mm. is spent because it's not just your time, it's your family's time. And I don't want you to submit and lose yourself in the family unit. And I don't want you to bulldoze people in the name of, of living your life. You do you. It is both. It's a conversation. But what's so beautiful is when you have this conversation, it brings you together. It brings the family unit together. Like you're talking about where you have shared goals, shared values yeah. on your shared calendar. And that's powerful. Oh, Chrissy, you are <laughs> preaching to me right now. Oh my goodness. That is the exact conversation I have had with like no less than five people in the last seven days is I I am, and I'm going to not get on my soapbox, but I'm just going to say this real quick is I am real over and I'm going to probably get a a couple angry emails and y'all know me by now. Okay. We're like 270 episodes into this. You know me by this point, if you're listening, uh, is, you know, my heart, but I am over the like, just girl, just live your truth. Girl, just do it. Just, just do you, just you do you like in a literal sense. I mean, I'll say like the jokingly, like, Oh, you do you, but I'm over it. I'm over it because I, I see people bulldozing their lives. It's selfish. It is a selfish message. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, I've had that very conversation. That's well, why if you want to do you then cool. Then don't get married and have kids because getting married and have kids is choosing to share your life with others. And it's not about yes. you anymore. Yes. Just and, you. Mm, it's a little about you, but not all about you. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you're you're yes. in the equation. You're just not the center of the we universe. Are, right. And that's not, and oh yes. Oh, anyway. Okay. I could get on a whole tangent, but I was just saying the second you started saying, I was like, yes, <laughs> let's go. Let's go, Christy. You get me fired up. You get me fired up. Um, okay. So, and here we are. We're running out of time. Uh, but Christy, this is uh, this is an incredible book. And this is a book that so many people need to read. Uh, take back your time for the listeners. I'm going to have all of the details on how you can follow Christy and her just incredible work. She has an amazing podcast. 
um, her conferences, all that she does. Read this book. Go buy it. And when this airs, it came out yesterday. So you can go, yeah. you know, on all the the things, the Amazon, the Barnes and Noble and all the places you buy the books um, <laughs> and get it because it is uh, a message that so many of us uh, need right now. So Christy, before we get to the get to know you round, is there anything else that you want to just like leave people with uh, here at the end? Oh, thank you. Well, thanks for having me. This has been so fun. So fun. Um, yeah, I, I think one of the stories I tell in the beginning of the book is a story when my husband walked in and um, and I was crying when I had my newborn Carter, my oldest son, and just how hard that was. Mm-hmm. And he just said five words to me that I'd love to leave your listeners with. And it's this, mm. you're doing a good job. Mm. I know you feel like you're not, but you are. Just the simple truth in that statement. It's not a compliment. It's a statement of truth of what is happening in your world. You are doing a good job. And I want to make sure your listeners know that. Oh, that's so good. All right, Christy, before we go, this is the get to know you round. We just ask a couple fun get to know you questions. So are ready. you ready? Let's do it. All right. Question number one, we just watched the Olympics. You know, we're, we're getting back into sports season. Uh, if you were a professional athlete, what would like your hype up song be? What would like the song be that just plays when you're, when you're getting up? Black Eyed Peas about anything. I love the black. <laughs> Listen, true story, Molly. When I get my three kids to bed after baths, teeth, books, all the things. routines, pajamas, all the things. And I drag myself downstairs to clean that kitchen. <laughs> it is the only the black eyed piece that get me through. I say, Alexa, play the black eyed piece. And I'm like, I can do this. I can get these dishes. I can make this lunch. Black eyed peas. Just get me going. <gasps> that's amazing. I love it. That is your hype up song. It's, I got a little hip hop hip hop dancer in me as well. <laughs> that's fantastic. That is fantastic. Okay. What is your most unusual talent? Are you ready for it? I am. I can say my alphabet backwards. Oh, I love it. <laughs> you know, I've always had a question as to like when you see on like TVs and stuff and they they like pull somebody over who's like possibly has a DUI and they like make them do the alphabet backwards. I'm always really confused by that because I can't do that at any time. So yeah, that's I think that's the idea is if you're sober, you will say I can't do that. If you're drunk, you'll try. <laughs> I have been I have been caught at a field party in high school. True story. Drinking Natty Light. Got asked to say my alphabet backwards and nailed it. Oh my! <laughs> that is fantastic. That is a fantastic. I was a public school kid, and yes, I got myself in trouble. All your Christians are going to at me. Listen, no, don't listen. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, um, if someone were to play you in a movie, who would you want to play you? Who would you want to play me? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I'd say like a like a Jennifer Lawrence. Ooh, I love her. I would totally take her. Who doesn't? Um, <laughs> I love her. Who's the girl um, uh, that was in Mrs. Sloan? Jessica Chastain. Oh, yeah. She's a little bad A. I yeah. love her because she always plays a bad A in her movies. Um, but I'll tell you, when I used to have short hair, people said I look like Cameron Diaz. So like, I feel like oh. from a look standpoint, I would totally take that. I can totally see that. Super cute. So I'll take it. Totally <laughs> see it. Okay. And then my last question is a question I ask all my guests. And that is, what does it mean to you to run a business with purpose? I think that it's kind of like circling back actually to what we started with, where we talked about things that you were created to do intersecting with problems in the world. Mm. And so when you use what you've been created to do things that come effortless to you, things you enjoy, things that are life-giving to you and fun to you, where you're doing what you love, but you're using that to solve problems in the marketplace where those two things intersect. That's where the best business happens because you are doing what you love, but you're making money doing it and helping people in the process. And that's good business. Mm, So good. 
Christy, this has been fantastic. Thank you for being here. Thank you for all the work you're doing. And congratulations on another book, baby. And uh, we're just singing happy birthday to it. And uh, I <laughs> just, I'm so appreciative for you to be here. Oh my gosh, you're awesome. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Friend, I would love to know what you loved about this episode or something that you learned. Find me on social media. I'm at Still Being Molly or at Business with Purpose Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to use that hashtag Business with Purpose Podcast when you're sharing the show with a friend. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you are a first time listener of the show, welcome. Be sure to check out the archives for past shows featuring so many incredible entrepreneurs, business owners, community leaders who are changing the world. If you are a regular listener of the show, Thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for tuning in week in and week out. Be sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio Public, Overcast, Stitcher, basically wherever you get your podcasts. Click that subscribe or follow button. To click that button means you will never miss a new episode of the show. And while you're there, would you take a moment to just leave a review? Would you take a moment to maybe share one of your favorite episodes with a friend? Leaving a review, sharing the show with a friend. It is totally free for you and it is the biggest help for me in the entire world. You have no idea how much I appreciate it. It just also helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is impacting you. As always, this show is produced by the incredible team at Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening. Now go do something good with purpose on purpose.